0: Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. Welcome to another episode of the Real Faith podcast on today's episode, I chat to Rachel Ritalik cheel about Stranger Things Season 4, Part 2. As always, our discussion is full of, of spoilers. We, we cover the, the main things that happen in Part 2. So if you haven't seen it and, and want to see it and don't want it spoiled, then obviously do go and check it out. First of all, Part 2 came out at the start of this month. But that's enough waffle from me just now, so let's get into my conversation with Rachel about Stranger Things Season 4, Part 2. I know you're frightened. You're terribly frightened by what
1: you've seen. But I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: Your friends are not prepared for this fight. My friends need me. You're not ready So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Rachel Ritalik Chill. Rachel, how are you doing?
1: I am good I'm actually super hot I don't know about you but it's like the hottest day of the year so far um but I'm good thank you and I'm delighted to be here
0: Oh no it's really great to have you and we're obviously going to be discussing Stranger Things season 4 part 2 I did an episode a couple of a few weeks ago now just obviously with myself talking about part 1 but it's great to have you on to to explore part 2 in more detail and 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 probably as well cover some of the things from from part 1 as well I'm sure but just before we get into that then, it would be great to hear a little bit about your journey into to youth work and and what you're up to at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's great. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've been a youth worker since, uh, I guess, since I was about 19 when I was still a young person myself, really. Um, and I did a gap year with Youth for Christ and as part of their twin theatre team. And then as I came towards the end of that, I really felt... Um, like I, w- I felt called into youth work. So I decided to do a degree in um, youth work and theology and uh, that was just opened lots of doors for me really, gave me lots of opportunity to try lots of different youth work. So uh, I've, you know, ha- been into schools with my touring theatre days and uh, done some open access youth drop-in kind of clubs, some charity work uh, bit of local authority when it still existed (laughs) and um and then since then I've kind of um I know it's been it's been a while since local authority existed but it did once um and yeah so it's it's been a a joy to try youth work in lots of different contexts at the moment I'm a volunteer youth worker at my church because we don't have an employed youth worker but I kind of look after the young people and uh My current role, so before that, sorry, I was uh, teaching at Morelands College for a little bit and I was uh, lecturing in youth and community as well as looking after the BA students doing their theology degrees and now I'm working for The Feast in Birmingham which is an interfaith, well it's a Christian charity that works in the interfaith space and brings young people of different faiths together to have conversations about their faith and their belief to build bridges to break down barriers it's very interesting work and it keeps me Mm. busy so that's that's kind of me
0: great no thank you very much definitely a a a wide-ranging history there of obviously different (laughs) avenues and different areas within within youth work and we'll see kind of what what comes up from from discussing uh, stranger things so it, it would be good to hear I guess what's been your relationship with with Stranger Things up to to season 4 where you are where you are a fan kind of going back to to season 1 or it would be good to hear your thoughts on that
1: 100% I was a fan going back to season 1 so um I when it first dropped on Netflix I remember thinking oh yeah that looks kind of cool but I hadn't checked it out and then my uh, my my husband's sister-in-law was like do you know what I've seen it. It's really good. You should come and watch it. And from the first episode, I was hooked. I was like, this is so interesting. It's just got this amazing like tone. It's kind of moody. This nostalgic feel because it's all 80s. And there's even though I'm not an 80s baby, it's like, it just feels like, um oh, that kind of reminds me of my childhood a little bit. Like mm. I can kind of relate to that, even though it's set in the US. Um, And I just, oh, I was really excited. So, yeah every season we've kind of like waited for it to drop and then you know in season three literally the day that it dropped we stayed up all night to finish it like that's how much of a fan I am uh and my husband just was obsessed like he at first he was like oh I'm not interested in watching it and I was I really pushed him into it I was like come on you'll love it you'll love it and uh his love for Stranger Things is so deep that he has a music studio and he's like decorated it with fairy lights and he has (laughs) stranger things posters everywhere and has had a themed birthday party like it's a bit of an obsession so when I say I'm a fan yeah I'm a proper fan
0: (laughs) excellent very good I love it and and so what were your feelings with part one then How, how part one of of season four how did you find that
1: yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think season one is just a, is such, such a good series. And it just like really sets the tone. And, and then I found like season two and season three, they were good, but not as good as season one. And so I was kind of really hoping, I was hopeful for season four, but, you know, not too hopeful, because I kind of had like seasons that maybe weren't quite as strong as one. Um, Each episode, though, as it dropped, oh my goodness, each episode I was watching, I was like, this is just incredible like it was such good storytelling and it felt like it was really explaining the story that they kind of set up from season one Mm. and so I felt really invested in the characters I felt like there was good character development on the whole um (laughs) and the story was really interesting and it was kind of going back to its roots a little bit so I found season one uh season four sorry the first volume one I found it quite refreshing it felt like it was just a new epic bit of storytelling so yeah i really enjoyed it
0: yeah no it, I, I would definitely be the same and i'm i'm a huge horror fan and and so it's i i, I guess it's mm-hmm. pushed more into to horror and, and some of its Absolutely. some of its references like nightmare elm street and, and hellraiser those seem to be touch tones for this season were, were definitely something that yeah that i that I loved and was um, and was really excited about it so what were your thoughts then going into to part two
1: great question uh, I think I had really high hopes for part two uh, but also a real sense of dread I don't know if that's something you can relate to mm. Um, just because I think um, I don't know it kind of the way that Volume one kind of ended I was like this could be this could have been the season finale like it absolutely could have been um but I just kind of had this feeling like okay, to take this to the next level to tell the next bit of the story like something has something's got to give like these characters might not survive hmm. this they're going into quite a serious battle uh we could lose some beloved people um the stakes felt really high, I think. And so pretty much the whole way through watching volume two, I felt a little bit sick thinking, <laughs> and like my adrenaline was high because it was four hours. I was like, I can't sustain this amount of adrenaline for four hours. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you felt, but that was, that was certainly for me. That's how it was.
0: Yeah, no, there, there was and definitely some worries about who would who would survive, who wouldn't whether they were going to kill Mm -hmm. off any main characters as well was was definitely worried but no me and my son watched it on on the friday that that it came out kind of just watched it in that 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 four-hour block because i guess we wanted to watch it before any spoilers anything like that that appeared so yeah we just kind of carved out that that friday evening to to kind of focus on it and, and 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 just watch it and see what happens so i guess then before we Go in and talk about what we actually thought of of part two, and then maybe some of the themes that that mm-hmm. come up. Thought would give a little bit of a a, a plot synopsis, obviously covering spoilers uh, within this, but just so that we're all kind of clear and, and reminding of of, yeah. of of where things are at. So, so episode eight picks up with Vecna showing Nancy a vision of the future, where Hawkins is torn apart uh, by the rifts, and before releasing her. So Nancy then recalls her experience to the others, and and they work out that Vecna needs four gates to enact his plan, and so that's why he's killing four young people in order to open this gate to, to bring the, the two worlds together. So Max offers to lure Vecna so that the others can attack him while he's distracted. We then move and focus on Eleven, who uses her powers to learn of this plan and, and gets Owens to arrange... Tr- transit to Hawkins. However, Brenner secures Owens and traps Eleven, insisting that she needs to complete her training that she hasn't ready. Eleven realises that Brenner has been using her for years to try to recover Henry from the upside down world and not just to uncover Soviet secrets. So Sullivan and his forces then arrive at the site and kill all of the staff. Brenner flees with Eleven, but is shot himself. Eleven takes out Sullivan's vehicles just as Mike's group arrives and she refuses to forgive Brenner uh, for what he's done just before he dies. We then hop over to Russia and Hopper, Joyce, Morris, Yuri and Antonov escape the base after discovering several more creatures from the Upside Down world, as well as a shadowy fragment of the mind flare that's being studied in the prison. We flick again and and Max, Lucas and Erica go to the Creel house while Steve, Nancy and Robin go to its upside down counterpart to attack Vecna Uh, with the bats being drawn by Dustin and Eddie and and Eddie sacrifices himself in the process and I'm sure we'll come back to to the character of Eddie and and, and what happens to him. Knowing Vecna will invade Max's mind Eleven's group creates an isolation tank for her in a a fast food restaurant, eh, to enter Max's mind and to piggyback into Vecna's mind to fight Vecna. However, Vecna overwhelms her and possesses Max, revealing to Eleven that he has controlled the Upside Down ever since she sent him there. Mike professes his love to Eleven, which gives her the strength to break Vecna's control over Max, but Max dies from her injuries. Back in in Russia, Hopper, Joyce and Murray re-enter the prison and kill the remaining Demogorgons, weakening Vecna. Steve, Robin and Nancy set Vecna's physical form ablaze and shoot him, apparently killing him. Eleven uses her powers to resurrect Max, but because she died for 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 a brief moment, this allows Vecna to open the four gates and to tear through Hawkins. Two days later, the town is still recovering from a supposed earthquake, and that's what the media is is labelling it. Everyone then unites together at the end of the episode, while Max remains in a coma. Will senses that Vecna is still alive, and we end with the reveal that the upside down is beginning to invade Hawkins. It's a rough plot. It's obviously a, a Four hours is a is a lot of plot uh, to cover, so I've tried to cover the mm-hmm. the key moments from that. But I guess then, Rachel, how did you find part two? What were your what were your initial thoughts on it?
1: Well, considering it was 4 hours, I felt like it went quite quick
0: yeah. actually. <laughs>
1: and I've watched it twice. I was like wow. I I nearly got in my third watching of it between <laughs> uh, when it's come out and tonight. So I was like I want to try and make sure I get in a few viewings. Um but I I've watched it twice and, and and the second time I was like how is there still so much to go but it also doesn't drag. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm impressed that they managed to to fit so much in and also have such a long runtime and not feel like that um i've really mixed feelings about the about volume two to be honest i thought it was brilliant um but i feel i feel kind of sad about it you know when you come to the end of something and you just feel like now that's done it can't be undone mm. so now that i know what's happened in volume two like i can't go back to the innocence of volume one like ending on the cliffhanger of we don't know what's going to happen everyone's kind of in peril, but no nothing's happened to anybody mm. but now that i know that it's almost it's it's a little bit like trading as cat isn't it like the end of a season or like a cliffhanger because the cat's both in the box and <laughs> like alive in the box and dead in the box at the same time do you know what i mean whereas once you once you've opened the box then you know definitively i don't know if that analogy makes sense but that's kind of how I feel so I kind of have mixed feelings about it it was it just felt like a I uh, the other day I kind of said to a friend he's just started watching series one and I was like buckle in because you're in for a wild ride Mm. and I 100% feel like that was the case just for volume two um so yeah that's kind of it was it was intense that's how I would describe it
0: yeah no no I agree what about you yeah no I I agree with your comments especially on on how quickly four hours flies by it, it, it really does and episode eight yeah. is obviously a lot of setting up getting everything in in place so that ultimately yeah. episode nine which is two and a half hours is is just one extended sequence as, as they they come together to yeah to, to battle vec i i guess i was i was disappointed and this maybe sounds mean, but I was disappointed that maybe some of the the main <laughs> cast weren't uh, killed off, that we end up...
1: I would agree with that,
0: yeah. Just kill, <laughs> killing off a new character uh, rather than anything else. Although I thought Max being in a in a coma and when Eleven goes into her mind and, and sees that there's nobody there, I thought was, was a really yeah. depressing and point and quite a brave point to maybe show that actually Max isn't there it's just her body that is now uh, left I don't know if if that's where they'll go with it but I thought that was an interesting uh, yeah depiction yeah I was sad for Eddie but but would have expected maybe one of the others to go and and I know that Millie Bobby Brown has and and I don't know if it it was said in jest yeah that that she's kind of (laughs) attacked the makers for kind of not maybe killing off uh, more people but I thought Vecna as a character with, was great. I thought it was a great showdown uh, with him and Eleven. Yeah. I, I felt stakes there even though n- nothing much came to it. I, I did really think that Max was going to die and, and stay dead. Uh, and, and that that final scene, that was a, a really t- kind of tough scene uh, to watch. And it did leave me very excited for, for season five and where they go with the, the two worlds yeah. now coming together and be really interesting to see how it plays out and my assumption would be that we might actually kill off some some main characters at that point but
1: I think we kind of have to don't we like Mm -hmm. I feel like some of the characters do have to die like because that's the reality of it like the monsters that they're fighting they can't they could they can't always survive it and like it's kind. I do know what you mean because it's Robin kind of says that line to Steve doesn't she like I don't think we're going to survive this like I don't think it's going to work out as well as it as we as it usually does and she kind of says that but then it kind of does and i i mean are you happy to talk about eddie's death right now because (laughs) there's like well the thing that i felt about eddie's death it was like it was needless like he i i understood for him it was like a hero arc but he didn't actually need to go and fight the bats the way that he did no and i I kind of felt a little bit annoyed with him in one way because i was like (laughs) mate You've had the time to be heroic in lots of ways like that was not in this particular moment. But you pick this moment, which is a stupid moment. Like, self-preservation's okay. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you lame to protect your life. Like, I don't think that's bad. And so I felt a little bit disappointed. And I've kind of read... Um, somebody else's thoughts, which I I, I I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I just thought it was quite interesting. They kind of said like Dustin's chat to Eddie, like his kind of moment with Eddie felt like it should have been with Steve, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. Steve was his mentor. And so it kind of felt like they wanted to kill off Steve, but they knew he was too much of a fan favourite. So they mm. just couldn't do it in the end. And whilst I would have been totally heartbroken about Steve dying it would have felt really... The stakes would have been really high if it had been him because he's so well-loved and such, yeah. such a great character. So, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, I saw a lot on Facebook, obviously, before part two come out of if Steve dies, we riot kind of thing. And, yeah, no, I, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. That, that that monologue, that speech that Eddie gives could have been... Um, would would have actually fitted uh, with, with Steve better. Yeah. And, because I, I think Eddie, Eddie was clearly a, a fan favorite, even though just being introduced, and in, oh in, yes, in he was four. lovely. <laughs> and even from the reports of the the Showmasters London Comic Con that was just took place over the weekend, the the crowds that came to see the uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the crowds that came to see obviously the actor playing Eddie, he was Joseph kind of, Quinn. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. He was kind of overwhelmed, I think, with just how many people. Uh, wanted his yeah. autograph wanted his his photo so I, I think it was a shame to to kill him off I, I did like that arc and that kind of touching line of i didn't run away this time right that he's he's somebody who's always felt that he's yeah he, he's, he's backed away from a challenge and this time he's gone for it and i completely agree that actually distracting the bats just seemed a, a really odd thing and, and and didn't actually mean much yeah mean much at, at, at all on it i think they could have Still, did everything they did without having the bats being distracted. That that seemed a a, a really strange way to have him killed off. I I didn't get emotional. Yeah. I didn't get emotional at his death, but I did get emotional when Dustin then speaks to Eddie's dad. That was yes. That, oh,
1: his uncle. Oh, his uncle. Yeah. Yes. I'm f- I'm fully I'm fully with you on that. I'm fully with you on that. It just felt like. Uh, to be honest it was partly the actor who played Mm. the uncle mr munson i don't know what his first name is but mr (laughs) munson he was just acted that so beautifully when he hears about his nephew and but the whole moment from putting the putting the sign up on the board and replacing one um that had been defaced Mm. it just that one act in itself I felt like I felt the love that he had for his nephew just in that one tiny act that he took so you know that when he hears the news about what's happened to him it's just going to be absolutely heartbreaking yeah. um yeah I'm with you that scene was like oh
0: yeah no it really, yeah, really it was. got me yeah no it was a really beautiful scene so I I guess I appreciate to, to have that moment but yeah whether whether they'll bring him back who knows with the with season five and obviously the reveal that time had stopped in the upside down world with obviously when Will went into it whether kind of timey-wimey shenanigans will will happen there who knows some time travel this is my
1: theory too we're 100% on the same wavelength here. That's 100% my theory. <laughs> like, I have just some feeling about time mm. that, you know, they're going to mess around with time in some way to retcon some things. But, but partly because I don't know how they're going to resolve this gay issue without doing that, actually. No. Nope. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, how how is this going to be fixed? How are you going to go back to a normal life? How are you going to not have everybody die in the whole world mm. uh, without doing that? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how else they would fix all the problems
0: no we'll just have to wait till what 2024 to to see how that is is revealed it's a a, Such a, long time, yeah, yeah. a really long way to wait okay so we've kind of covered eddie i, I guess one of the, the big things one of the biggest themes from from the season is probably around mental health and particularly mm-hmm. the, the depictions of of depression because that that seems to be a, a Target for those four young people in Vecna, feeding on those that darkness, that 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 fear, because yeah. um, whenever Vecna obviously then kills them, he says, Look, "Your your suffering's over now. You can let go." Um, and, yeah. and kind of thinking about about suicide, uh, really on on kind of those points, and Max kind of shouting out, "But I want to live. Like I I don't want this to to be the end." I wonder how you felt the yeah. the depictions around mental health and, and and depression were dealt with in the season
1: yeah i thought it was really interesting i mean i picked up pretty early on watching through volume one that i felt this kind of connection between who vecna was targeting, like why vecna was specifically picking up on these young people um and because i do a bit of volunteering for um a self-harm program mm. i kind of like was really interested in like, so we talk a lot to young people about the neuroscience. So, what's going on in your brain as a teenager and why are you more likely to self-harm as a teen than you are at any other point in your life? And it's because, you know, your brains are still developing, our prefrontal cortex isn't this I love bit of neuroscience, <laughs> um, hasn't fully developed. And uh, you know, we feel highs higher and lows lower, and that's just that's part of the joys and um I don't know that the bad bits of being a teen really and so it totally makes sense to me that Vecna has targeted teenage young like he's picked teenage people he hasn't targeted any adults he doesn't target children he specifically goes after teens because mm-hmm. they will feel those highs higher and those lows lower and so that I was like oh that totally makes sense that's a great um you know that's bringing in that neuroscience together with um kind of like this pop culture monster stuff. I just loved it. um. But I felt like it was really interesting. And I was, I really enjoyed like seeing Fred's backstory because there was a little bit of that and Chrissy as well. So you got this kind of, um, with Chrissy, you kind of saw this monstrous version of her mother who's obviously tormenting her. And then when you saw her mum in real life, because I assumed her mum was dead from looking at... um. Mm from from the kind of vision that Vecna had given given Chrissy. And then when we see her speaking at the conference, I was like, oh, she's not dead. She's literally tormenting her. And I found that really interesting, like that he preyed on the real vulnerabilities of young people. Um, I was a little bit disappointed. It's the one character whose name I can't even remember, Jason's friend, who we didn't hear like what his, why he was targeted. Because I thought they play such a key role, those four sacrifices, if you like, it would be really good to hear what their kind of stories are, because mm. I it kind of like it matters, doesn't it? Um, so I f- I found that really interesting, and for all of the characters apart from Max, like they kind of can't get away from whatever it is that's haunting them. But Max, and I was reflecting on this, like for Volume Two, Max um, wants to face wants to face the difficulties that she's encountering. Mm. So like she's, she's, she's brave and she kind of like, she recognises I'm me- mentally I'm not in a good place, but I want to be in a good place. And so she's kind of prepared to face the monster that she has inside her mind. Um, I think it's kind of really powerful that this character is kind of prepared to go to any lengths um, to do that. And her death is kind of means a bit more because of that because mm. she's brave enough to face it um although obviously it's a little bit tricky to say when you face <laughs> the, the analogy of the of the mental health like doesn't always result in your death but like it is exciting that she's she's willing to be brave enough to say like i want this to be better um so yeah i found that really
0: interesting mm. yeah no it really was and and i guess going back to part one the obviously episode four which is just an incredible episode but obviously when Vecna meets Max and and having the the running up that hill theme and that and and her running to try and get away from from that and the ground disappearing but our feet as she as she struggles as she fights for for her life and 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 it got me thinking of that uh, around depression and and feeling stuck but but you want it you want to get out yeah. of it but the the ground seems to be falling apart under you I I just thought as a, as a as a visual representation of of mental ill health and 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 depression I just thought was a just that that blending of of image and music and everything I I, I just thought was just a, a wonderful scene and and clearly was a, a scene that yeah. that meant a lot to many many people with just the reaction for that scene yeah. And 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 for obviously Kate Bush in her song as well, and that's skyrocketed back to to number one again in the <laughs> charts. So, yeah. I, I, and a, a huge amount of money she's making from uh, from that song as well, just because of it. So I, I just
1: I know. Well, I was I was going to say like I feel like that song's kind of become an anthem for mm. overcoming, hasn't it? Mm. Like and um, it's it's quite interesting that you know we're we're in a kind of context or we live in a time where young people are struggling with their mental health more or not, maybe not struggling more, but more aware of the fact that they're struggling at least. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting that this has kind of become an anthem for that. Um, I think there's some power in that really. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and do you feel that some of those scenes could be used within youth groups to, to I guess raise awareness of of mental ill health and, and and depression, do you think that that's something that that, that could be done?
1: yeah, I think um it, it makes for a really interesting reflection, particularly because it's trauma related so uh, all of the all of the teens who are kind of struggling uh, who Vecna targets they're kind of related to trauma, mm. and hers is really interesting because she's experienced a grief and a death and a loss which pretty much everybody experiences and we've kind of come out of that as well um with our pandemic mm. which has been a real time of grief and loss and actually like it's a it's that beautiful scene of her going and like reading at Billy's grave and just her honesty and her vulnerability if you like to sort of share that i think it has quite a lot of power to help people realise that partly to forgive herself actually Hmm. for the responsibility that she feels for something that wasn't her fault. Um, And I think lots of people, when when we experience trauma in some way, we take on responsibility for something that wasn't actually our fault. Um, And so actually that whole forgiveness arc is quite important. And so her example, I think is quite a powerful one. So yeah, I I definitely think it's got potential to be shared in that context because... as you say it's a really visual thing like and the fact that she doesn't you know when the darkness really closes in on her and literally that his hand is coming over her head she says no like she fights against it interestingly though with the support of her friends because Mm. they're the ones who put the music on to help her and that's really powerful because actually we don't fight alone and if we do, we're more likely to lose that fight, right? Hmm. So it kind of highlights the importance of re- friendship and relationship and actually how crucial that is in order for us to to fight for life, if you like.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I, I guess the, the other characters who who do die at the hands of Vecna don't have anyone to to share who they really are. Right? Yeah. They're friends, So so they are fighting alone and and ultimately end up dying alone whereas max does have that that friendship group around her who who really support yeah. her and and help her through it so i th- I think that is a, a great example there as well to about honesty with friends about friends being there just sitting physically sitting with somebody and um, not knowing how to solve the problem yeah. uh, but just saying look we're here and and, and we will sit with you and, and, and I think that's, a, a, again, a really powerful statement that the film makes, uh, the series makes. It is over. <laughs> now I just want you to watch. I guess, it, so So moving on from that, one of the other things that, that really stood out to me and it came towards the, the very end where there's, when the earthquake happens and obviously everyone then has to go to shelter because the, their houses are, are falling apart and one of the Hawkins residents actually goes, what have we done to deserve this? All these things seem to keep happening mm. to, to Hawkins and we haven't done anything to, to deserve this. The suffering I guess if we if we want to put it like that and and I thought that's just a then a really interesting way of of and talking about suffering ultimately and and it's obviously something that that Christians have wrestled with uh, for a couple of thousand years now and and the Jews wrestled with before about how can there be mm-hmm. a good God and 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 suffering how do those things uh, come together and and I just thought wow that's a just having that little clip again is a really interesting way of of beginning that that discussion around suffering and and when bad things happen to good people i don't know if if you had kind of noticed that or if you've got any thoughts on that
1: uh, i hadn't noticed it uh, but i think it's a really interesting um it's just a beautiful thing isn't it because um i mean in the complexity of the story if you like um it starts to get more muddy because of Eleven's actions and that kind of thing. I think, uh, but I think it's really interesting to notice that particular clip because for most people in Hawkins, they'll have no idea why they, like why they keep being targeted. Mm. And um, I guess there's something in that the things that are going on underneath that we don't really understand Um other things that play into our experiences as human beings i know that's super vague, so i'm going to try and explain that a bit better <laughs> um but like you know there's <laughs> uh all the peripheral things that are happening that we don't always we're not always aware of so like if you like a spiritual battle that's going on mm. it's kind of a good example of that isn't that isn't it because most people have no awareness that this whole massive battle for good and for evil is going on they just have no awareness of that and they're just kind of like living their ordinary lives but actually suddenly this big explosion happens and it becomes the the forefront um so i think it's quite a good example uh, yeah I, th- I guess it's a good example of like looking at um spiritual battles but also exploring that concept of suffering as well because things do happen to good people and that's just that's a like that's just being alive that's being human that's living in our world isn't it so and it's something we have to come to terms with even though it's a really uncomfortable truth that Mm. we live with um did i explain that better yeah
0: no 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 that that, that's really good (laughs) yeah this i i I guess this this other realm that we can't see that there are things going going on and, and the upside down world is a as an analogy for for some kind of hell, I think well. where we're, we're I, I guess even the idea of things being upside down, where things aren't right, where things are, are, are yeah. not how they should be. One of the other things that I thought was was interesting was obviously Eleven really struggling with, with herself in, 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 in terms of fighting against Vecna, and it's ultimately, again, Mike's reassurance of her, Mike's professing his love ultimately for her Mm. that 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 gives the her the strength to to fully fight Vecna because at that point she's she's fading she she feels like she's lost that things are hopeless and and, and again it comes back to friendships and, and and the relationships that we have the people that we need around us to actually support us to 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 build us up so we've got one obviously accounting of of friendship supporting max but then we've got the, the 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 power of i guess romantic relationships as well when when mike and mm-hmm. eleven and, and mike giving eleven that power i wonder i wonder if you had any thoughts on on that and observations from from the series around that yeah
1: there's a few things really that i that i think about that um because for eleven, like she's the whole series, she's struggling with this concept of like, her identity, isn't she? Mm. Like, am I am I the monster? Am I the bad guy? And she's kind of like trying to work that out. And she even says to Brenna, doesn't she? Like this whole time, I was trying to work out if I was the monster, but actually, it's you. Mm. You're the monster. Um, and I think that revelation is quite like freeing for her because she kind of realizes that he's the one who's forced her to do all these things that she didn't want to do um and I think it's interesting later on when um Vecna says to her no he's not a monster he's just an ordinary mediocre man Mm. and I think for her she's kind of got it into her head that he's a monster and I think he then kind of muddies the water if you like she started to like own her identity and he's muddying the water again (laughs) because she's like oh actually I maybe I'm a little bit more confused about who I am um but I think there's a really interesting part of like owning your identity and learning who you are Mm. and the truth of that which does come from partly it comes from love but I think it comes from her like the whole the whole journey that she's been on as a character, um, I, I think it's really interesting because identity is something that we all kind of struggle with, isn't it? Like working that out. I, the big thing that I think changes her is a purpose. So mm. when she has like, she knows she has Mike's backing and she has that purpose. Like I. I am the one who can save my friends and I needed I just needed that little push at the end from from Mike and that sort of like reminder this is who you are um and that's what then is gives her the ability to beat Vecna and and to bring Max back to life which is like nuts that she's able to do that and so it's like way more powerful than she ever was so I think uh yeah, I, th- I think there's a big thing about identity, partly in finding be- like the truth of your identity, mm. finding out who you are, but also purpose being a big part of that. Um, and I think that, you know, f- for, for me, um, teaching my young people that they have a purpose mm. because Christ loves them is really important. Um, and that's part of what gets us up every morning, right? The fact that we have... There's a meaning to our life and we actually have a reason to live and I think Eleven kind of is given that again fresh so yeah that's kind of some reflections that I had off of that um off of that whole journey for her
0: yeah no no I think that that's I think that's great that idea yeah that her power comes both from her learning who she is um mm. but then also also her purpose and in, in, in those two things being held together yeah no and, and that was Mm. I guess something I hadn't even hadn't even thought about at all uh, till you've said that. So I thought, yeah, no, I think that is a and, and again is a is a fascinating I guess jumping off point for 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 young people and youth groups to yeah. discuss around I- identity and, and and purpose as well and and kind of I guess living as fully herself when she comes to terms with those two things and and i guess then yeah how we absolutely how we help young people be all that they can be by helping them understand their identity and also their their purpose as well so no no i think that's that's i think that's brilliant rachel i think that's a yeah a, a really fantastic observation that i think could be really helpful to to hopefully to youth workers and, and to youth groups as well
1: yeah yeah thanks i mean part of that to be fair came from uh chatting to you about it okay. I think the best ideas do don't they chatting to someone else um but yeah i think uh i found that really interesting because that's for her that's her whole story arc really is just coming to terms with who she really is mm. um and it's interesting because I think she, in all the series, that's what she's been trying to work out. And she kind of feels like, oh, if I find my mum, then I'll know who I am. Mm. If I find Brenner again, then I'll know who I am. If I, If I do this, then I'll find out who I am. And actually, she's kind of learned by this point that actually those things are not answering those questions. And it has to be something else. Mm. And so actually those two things coming together kind of help her to go okay, I am, I'm me, I'm 11, and this is who I... Do you know what I mean? I know yeah. who I am now, and hopefully she'll own that into series five, mm. and it'll be less about her discovering her identity, but really just kicking ass, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and I guess then thinking about identity and someone wrestling with who they are, I, I guess the other character that that I would want to, to highlight then as well, and obviously... Some someone throughout yeah. the four series somebody who's wrestled with 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 who he is with friends de- departing for for that that whole thing of what does it mean to to grow up and, and friends to mm. to not be as close maybe as 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 they once were and obviously there's that scene i think within it either within episode eight or episode nine with will and mike in the car yeah and and kind of I think well expressing really for the first time that that out loud that longing that he has for for Mike that would be kind of my 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 reading of of that and then the discussion that he then has 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 afterwards as well it kind of makes that I I think clear and and I guess hopefully then maybe in season five well being able to come to terms with who he is in his connection with vecna and and maybe seeing him own some of that power that that 11 has now found by by knowing her identity and purpose we might maybe see that with will as well i don't know if you've got any thoughts on that and and the character of will
1: yeah i would love will to have a little bit more i felt like he needed a bit more character development in this one because mm. he's he's actually really interesting like he's been to the upside down so i was like use will a little bit more um my my favorite scene with will actually was him and Jonathan. I loved that because I'm not not so keen on the exploration of of Mike and Will as a relationship just because I'm just aware that's like a trope, isn't it? Like you fancy your best friend. And I kind of feel a little bit sad about that because I don't like, I think... Oh, I find Mike a bit annoying as well that's probably part of it but um <laughs> I really like Will's struggle with his identity and his struggle with himself like I really like that and I really like him coming to terms with that um but I really loved his his sort of conversation with Jonathan who was like just said to him you know however whoever you are like I love I love you like Ha- like whatever that looks mm. like you're just you're my brother and i care about you and i just love that and you could just see for will he just needed that moment mm. where his brother just said i just love you for who you are and i'm here for you and i just thought it was beautiful especially cuz jonathan i feel also didn't have a lot of <laughs> this series no, no. um it gave them a beautiful moment together um and i i really loved that and you could sort of see for will that he kind of needed that as a turning point cuz kind of changed his relationship with Eleven as well. Mm-hmm. And has yeah, I, I think because he he was kind of needed as a catalyst to help Mike help Eleven. And <laughs> yeah. um, he, Will was kind of needed, wasn't he, to like push Mike into into doing the role that Mike could do. Mm. And so Will kind of he's a bit of a catalyst. Um so I would love to see him doing a bit more next season. As you say, coming to terms with who he is and being comfortable with that um, would be really cool. And yeah, I just, I really love the moment between the brothers. I just thought it was beautiful. Um, Especially because Will lacks that father figure. Mm. And um, yeah, he kind of has that in Jonathan. And so I think, you know, that's quite a key thing. So yes, I would... I would like to see will realized a little bit more um yeah it'd be good
0: yeah no absolutely i i do hope he takes more of a a a center stage within within season five definitely i guess that was part of the problem with season four that you have a where all the characters are are split off and 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 doing their own thing a a lot of them can get sidelined i i I generally just wasn't a a huge fan of the russia stuff at all and (sighs)
1: neither was i
0: (laughs) i I thought they could have got rid of some of that and and maybe given that to some of the other characters uh, because i because i i know for for a a series that is fantastical i just felt the russia stuff was just a step too far with that being able to actually break out break into a a russian prison and be able to break out of it i just thought no I, i can deal with demons from another world but i can't quite deal with the reality of (laughs) breaking in and out of a prison that felt too far-fetched for me but
1: well breaking in and out and then in again yeah it was like it was nuts well, in fact, Hopper breaks out, then they break in, then they break out, then they break in again. It was... I, I agree with you. It felt like too much, the Russia stuff. And actually, I found it really boring, like, mm. in comparison. I And I really like Murray as a character, actually. I'm a yeah. big Murray fan. But I found the... um, It kind of... That was the bits if if any of it dragged that's that those were the bits that dragged for me i was like forget russia i don't really care like let's get back to the kids because they're really interesting yeah. um so yeah i'm I'm with you on the russia stuff <laughs> it and i i have questions about that as well like how did the how did the demodogs and the demogorgons and the particles for the mind Flayer even end up there that's the first question. Mm. And then someone was like, oh, they could fly it. Like they did the peanut butter, one of my friends said. And I was like, yeah, because that's steady cargo in a, in a plane. Like, I don't know how they would have managed that. Um, So I don't, and I, I'm a little bit confused as to how that happened because, especially because Vecna's talking about, like you opened the first gate, that was in Indiana. So, and I know in season three, they were in the mall, but like, how the heck did they get all that, all the, all the creatures over into russia like i just i've got big questions about that mm.
0: yeah no i agree i'm hoping they just forget about it and we don't we, we don't mention <laughs> russia again and, and all of that it just yeah. yeah i just i don't i don't care about it's
1: any of like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the episode in season two um with the lost sister which is the episode that we just don't talk about <laughs> um because it was just so like random and nothing ever came of it although it might in season five who knows mm. but um yeah it's like that for me i'd yeah. be very happy if that happens yeah. no, no, that's <laughs> never fair. mention it again
0: <laughs> <laughs> well rachel those are all the things that i wanted to to cover and chat about is there anything else from from those last two episodes that you want to to highlight or or want to chat any more about
1: well, there was one thing that I was thinking through, which was about Brenner and forgiveness. So, um, I found that really interesting. So, Elle um, kind of doesn't want to forgive him, mm. and that in that moment, and actually, I kind of picked up on it, um, through watching it. But it was when you were reading the synopsis to me, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good point about forgiveness. Actually, that he, kind of, is craving that in his last moments and she kind of doesn't award him Mm. that moment of forgiveness and you can just sort of see like he turns to look at her and she just walks away (laughs) it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad in its own way I don't I don't know what you what you thought about that bit but um yeah that's something I just picked up on from your synopsis
0: yeah no it, it, it definitely seemed to be something that he he needed there was some understanding that actually maybe this this hadn't been the right course of action. What he'd what he had done and what he'd caused, I guess, in those those last moments of his life when his power is all but taken away, that the the power dynamic between them has completely changed, and I guess realizes how just how powerful uh, she is. Yeah, and, and I guess he, siding with Eleven, I don't think. He, from my point of view, it's not a very Christian thing to say <laughs> that he, d- he didn't deserve that forgiveness. But I, th- I, I, I completely understand where Eleven was, was, was coming from. That she actually needed to to break away from a very toxic relationship that was there that that, that had kept her and and imprisoned mm. ultimately. And and she needed to she needed to have the last word on that for herself to be able to, I guess. Wipe the dust off her feet and 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 walk away to finally be able to let go. So I, I think from a from a mm-hmm. character point of view, it it definitely worked for her that this was a chain around her neck that that she finally had to let go of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it's, it's like a question, isn't it, about forgiveness? Like, is forgiveness for the person who we're forgiving or is forgiveness for us? Like, who needs forgiveness? Who ne- Who really needs it in that mm. situation? And I, I think, um like, it's what he craves, but actually, like, ultimately for Eleven, living with resentment towards him, is that going to be, like, beneficial for her or is it going to be negative for her? Um, and so I, I think it's a really interesting conversation about forgiveness and grudges if you like and how resentment and how especially when we have toxic relationships what's our responsibility for forgiveness and who's the forgiveness for Mm. is it for us or is it for the person we're forgiving um so yeah I think that's a there's a whole I feel like there's a whole mine to be to be mined. <laughs> there's a yeah. whole like, there's a lot of stuff that you could mine from that. Mm. Um. So yeah.
0: Yeah. No. 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 I. I agree with that. I think for. Yeah, eleven in that point, it it wasn't something that she needed to, to do, and 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 I guess that's often from from a Christian point of view we would, we would say, oh, it's important to, forgive, not to let someone off the hook, but ultimately to, mm-hmm. to let yourself off the hook of having to, to think about it, and and who knows that might come back to play in, in some way of with season five and, and the trauma and the legacy of of of, of Brenna and that we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see um, but yeah it kind of flies a little in the face of what we would normally say about forgiveness that actually it's important to do it <laughs> so yeah. that you no longer have that around your neck anymore uh, but for her yeah, in that moment she didn't need to so I, yeah as I guess I said we'll, we'll see if, if it comes up again in season five or whether that's uh, it's just over with
1: yeah, it's an interesting one, and I, th- to be fair, I I reckon I don't know whether they'll explore it because I suppose it depends on their worldview and how what they think about forgiveness. Mm. Anyway, but um, she 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 clearly has that resentment. I think that moment when she tells Vecna that that he's dead, she's like, "Papa's dead," and you can see Vecna doesn't really care, but actually, it clearly matters to her that, mm. that that's the case, and so I I think that you know the elements of resentment is there and it's I wonder if it's like the difference between her um being on the edge if you like between good and evil like could she could she be like Vecna could she become like Henry Creel um Mm. or you know is she a force for good and and actually how she responds to that situation does that determine her future and yeah whether she's a force for good or force for bad so I think that's quite interesting
0: yeah, no, absolutely, because that goes back, I guess, to the the scene in the, the the skate, the kind of roller derby, um, roller disco type thing, where she obviously whacks yeah. the, the bully in 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 the face with the roller oh, skate. That she has, she has that that potential for, for for great evil, I, I, I guess, as well. Like, and she could easily tip over one to the other way. Absolutely, she yeah. has that within her, which I guess is the same with all of us. We have the the potential of 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 great good, but also great harm as well, and it's often a, a choice that we yeah. have to to make. Well, I, I, we'll wrap up our, our our conversation just now. I think, as, as you say, that there's been a bunch of things that that we've chatted about that that <laughs> youth workers and youth groups could 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 use, and 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 I guess because it's very much probably in the forefront of a lot of young people now, particularly this season it really seems to have been embraced mm-hmm. far more than maybe some of the others. And I know particularly I'm on TikTok every so often yeah. and kind of running up that hill is is just on on so many videos it's become a, a real cultural literally phenomenon. everywhere. And if youth workers aren't engaging with it, then I think it's important to to at least be saying something to to be showing something of of, of the series because it's clearly something that a, a lot of young people are yeah. are engaging with. So, I guess then to say, Rachel, thank you so much for your for your time and 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 for your input and and for for sharing sharing your <laughs> thoughts. It's been a yeah, been a really great conversation. So thank you again. Thanks again to Rachel for coming on to the podcast to chat about Stranger Things. I'd love to hear what you thought of our conversation. Did you agree or disagree with our points and comments, or were there things that we missed that you wish we had chatted about? You can get in touch either on Facebook or on Twitter, just search for at Real Faith Pod and, and you can get in touch uh, that way. Would also love to know what you thought of, of Stranger Things and particularly part two and, and some of the things we chatted about. So also do get in touch. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe as that allows others to see what we're doing, as well as leaving a hopefully positive review either on Apple Podcasts or on on Spotify. But thank you again for downloading, for, for streaming this episode and look out for another episode coming soon.